As I was thinking about the reason why we share testimonies, my mind went to the book of John, the Gospel of John, and I just started thinking about numerous examples. I just wanted to read a few of these examples. As you read through the Gospel of John, over and over and over again, people are testifying of the work that the Lord has done in their life. Beginning in the first chapter in verse 6, it says, There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. So John the Baptist came and he testified of the light who was Jesus. Uh, down in later parts of the first chapter, Jesus is calling his first disciples. And in verse 40, he is called Andrew. And the first thing Andrew does is he goes and tells his brother, who was his brother? Peter. And you think about this, Peter was presumably the leader of the apostles, and yet he was brought to the Lord from his brother, who we don't really know anything about. How did that happen? It happened through Andrew testifying to his brother about this Jesus whom he had met. You skip forward to chapter 4, and you have the woman at the well. And as you know, the interaction with Jesus and this woman at the well, uh, he basically calls her on the spot about her sin, uh, reveals who he is to her. And in verse 28... It says, so the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things that I've done. This is not the Christ, is it? And they went out of the city and were coming to him. And then in verse 39, from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. So the woman at the well was testifying of this conversation, of this encounter that she had had with Jesus. Again, in chapter 5, Jesus heals a man. In verse 5, it says uh, of chapter 5, a man was there who'd been ill for 38 years. And then in verse 8, Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your pallet and walk. Immediately, the man became well, picked up his pallet and began to walk. And now it was on the Sabbath day. So the Jews were saying to the man who was cured, it is the Sabbath and it is not permissible for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them and said, he who made me well was the one who said to me, pick up your pallet and walk. And he goes on to continue to testify about Jesus and the work that he'd done in his life. The last one I wanted to share with you is Lazarus. And Lazarus uh, dies and Jesus weeps with the family. And then Jesus is going to do something mighty. And in verse 9, sorry, in verse 29, in verse 39, there we go. You know what? I don't know what chapter it was or what verse it was. But in any case, one of the verses with a nine in it, here's what happened. Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb, and then he began to spend time with him. And as a consequence, I want you to catch this. It was in chapter 12. The Pharisees wanted to put to death Lazarus and Jesus. And the word about what Jesus had done in Lazarus's life began to spread. And I think the implication there is that Lazarus began speaking about his encounter with Jesus. And so again, all through, I skipped a lot of them. There are so many examples just in the Gospel of John of people testifying of the work that God has done in their lives. And so friends, this is so exciting because in the same way we're gathered together tonight, we get to hear of the same sort of work, the same power of God changing lives, redeeming them from lost and darkness and sin-filled hell-bent lives to now redeemed lives who love the Lord. We're going to have two high schoolers, two college students, a guy and a gal from each. And so for the first two, I'm going to ask Hannah Wheeler to come up, followed by Gavin uh, DeYoung. And Hannah, when you're done, Gav, you can just come on up. And uh, so Hannah, why don't you come on up and share about what God's done in your life?
Well, yeah, like um, Matt said, my name is Hannah, and before I give my testimony, I have a little confession to make. Um, before I was coming here, I was just thinking about, you know, what would be something sporty to wear. I'm an athlete, so I just love doing that type of thing, and I almost put on my Grizz shirt. But I thought not to do that, thinking of all the college students here, so... So hope, hopefully that doesn't make you not listen to me or anything. But anyways, um, when John Montoya asked me to share my testimony, we were just coming back from Nicaragua um, last Friday. We got back, um, and I was super blessed to be able to go and share the gospel door-to-door with people of a completely different language and different culture. Um, we were also given the opportunity to share our testimonies in Spanish, which I was glad to do. Um, glad to see three years of high school Spanish actually put into some form of practical use. <laughs> but it was a little humbling at times, um, not exactly knowing what they were saying in response. Or one time I mispronounced a word and a little four-year-old girl just bust out laughing so hard. I was like, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Um, all that to say, um, I was super blessed by my time there, um, but I'm excited to give my testimony in English now. Um, this is the story of what Christ has done in me. Um, nothing I could do could ever come close at all to saving myself. I was born a dirty, selfish, ugly sinner. I only want my own way and could care less about others on my own. Um, praise God, I was born into a, a godly family in Spokane, Washington, who brought me up teaching me about Jesus. Um, we moved to Bozeman when I was two years old and began attending Grace Bible Church, where we've been ever since. Um, they taught me at Grace. Um, I was taught that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and I needed to repent and believe in him. Otherwise, I would go to hell. No two-year-old wants to go to hell. So I prayed the prayer with my dad and asked Jesus to come into my heart. Now, even though I prayed this prayer, I don't think I was actually saved at this time. Um, I continued to go to church and learned all the stories and the right answers and the right things to say. At the same time, though, growing up, I was selfish, not reading my Bible, um, being mean to my siblings, um, I had always struggled with being as kind to my siblings as I had with my friends because my siblings were always there and I was always going to be around them and I didn't feel like I had to impress them in any sort of way. Um, it continued to get worse and worse with my family, like being mean to my siblings, but outside of the home, everything was going great. Um, school was good for me. I was in, I was interested in athletics, and um, for that reason, I just didn't think anything needed to change. Um, but one day, everything did change. Um, when I was nine years old, um, one morning I felt really sick. Like, it was a different kind of sick, though. I had had the stomach flu or other things before, but this one felt weird. It was in the summer, and it was Vacation Bible School week, so obviously I wasn't going to miss that. That was the best part of summer back then. Um, 
But I got back from vacation Bible school and proceeded to take a nap right away, which being an extremely active kid was really odd for me because I hated naps. Um, but I woke up on the ground with my mom and my brother next to me telling me we had to go to the emergency room. I was like, emergency room? What the world? Um, I was really confused because I didn't know what had gone on, but apparently um, I had a really big seizure, which I didn't even know what a seizure was. Um, but my mom, being a doctor, she was just freaking out because apparently you can die from them. Um, so I went to emergency room and then proceeded to go to many more doctors in Seattle and Missoula, and it was just a really hard time. Um, uh, before my first day of fourth grade, I had two seizures, so I had to miss the first two days of fourth grade, and that was really hard for me, um, not getting to be there for the first little while of school, which is something I just took pride in. Um, and I started experiencing more, experiencing more and more seizures over the next two years. Um, I started playing basketball then and started um, discovering my passion for that, and, but that made the seizures worse. Um, uh, all the exercise and toll on the little 10-year-old body caused me to have seizures every night, and my parents would often have to stay up the whole night, and it was just really hard for them seeing them um, kind of suffer so much for me and um, sacrifice for me and my health, and I didn't even know what was going on, but I also saw so many people around from the church and from my family just praying all the time for me, and it was it was kind of cool to see prayer, but at this, at this time, I wasn't a Christian yet till I was about 11 or 12. Um, I was on my mom's bed about to get spanked <laughs> for um, being mean to my brother, which wasn't the first time that that had happened. Sitting on that bed, it happened a lot of different times. But this time was different because I was just furious. It was weird. Before, I'd just been like, yeah, whatever, give me a spanking. But this time, I was furious. I asked out loud, why is he so good? I was talking about my brother. Why is he so good? It was kind of a rhetorical question to myself. And it's funny because I knew the answer when I was asking the question. Obviously, it wasn't my brother or anyone else who was good. It's because he was saved and had Jesus in his heart. And he was striving to grow and learn and be more like Jesus. So um, I continued to ponder this question as I laid in bed that night. And I knew the answer. So I, I just um, decided to let Jesus come into my heart that night for real this time. And then I was going to um, strive to be more like Jesus from then. And after that, I just really saw a big change um, actually cared about going to church and listening to Pastor Brian, not just kind of sitting there, eh, not really caring about what was going on. Um, the change wasn't exactly immediate. It was kind of a slow process, but um, um, over time, 
I just saw a change. And that year, I was blessed to be able to start attending Heritage Christian for 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, which was super good for me at that time to just to be able to solidify in my faith and grow and just learn more about what it was like to um, grow and become more like Jesus. But it was really nice being there and being comfortable and it it was a super good school, but after my eighth grade year, my parents decided that I was going to go to Bozeman High, and that was really hard for me because I was in a place where I was comfortable. I could share my faith with anyone, and they'd be fine with it, and I had all my friends, and Bozeman, coming into Bozeman High was just something completely new and foreign. I'd gone to public school before, but not a public school with 2,000 kids in it, but um, this has probably been one of the biggest blessings in my life, um, because I got the choice whether I was actually going to live out the Christian life, or if I was going to just pursue whatever I wanted to try to be happy, or take the harder road, and, um, follow Jesus through all circumstances. At Bozeman High, I've been blessed to play basketball and track, and my sophomore year, um, I found the school's Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and that's just been a huge blessing in my life. I've been able to help lead that for the past couple years, and it's been super cool to see different, different people from different sports, but we all get to learn about Jesus and open up our Bibles every Friday in a public school campus, so that's been something really really cool to see. Um, my seizures, back to that. Um, when I was 12 years old, um, I went up to Missoula and I visited the doctor and I was blessed to receive the news that I had the type of epilepsy or seizure disorder that you grow out of, which was insane to me. I thought I was going to have to continue going to doctors and taking pills every day and not knowing if I was going to be okay. I didn't know if that was going to be me for the rest of my life. But after hearing that news, it just really solidified my new newfound faith. And it was awesome to see all those prayers answered. Um, I thank God so much for giving me grace and so many chances to turn to him for giving me Grace Bible Church and godly friends and mentors and my parents and the rest of my family. Um, lately, I've been struggling a lot with patience, and especially worry about what's going to happen in the future. It's going to be senior year, so figuring out what to do after that um, has been something really on my heart. But a verse that I learned as I was going through my seizure disorder that kind of helped comfort me back then continues to help me today, and it's one of my favorite verses. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Thank you. Hello, uh, my name is Gavin DeYoung. I'm from Manhattan, Montana. Uh, first, I would like to thank Cross Life for this opportunity and to say how blessed I feel to be able to share with you all the work Jesus Christ has done in my life. Uh, a lot like, or similarly to most of you, I was born and raised in a Christian home. 
Um, blessed with two God-fearing uh, parents <clears throat> who fed me with the gospel at a young age, as well as a lot of steak and potatoes. As you can see, I'm a big, I'm a big guy. <laughs> I was very blessed at a young age with godly events such as VBS, Sunday school, and a Christian education where I was given the chance to learn at a young age about Jesus Christ. Um, I was always a mama's boy, and my mom and me were always really close, and she's the most solid woman I know to this day, so I'm very blessed to have her. Um, she was very diligent in teaching me right and wrong and reading to me Bible stories. She was great at showing me, as well as my other siblings, the love of Jesus Christ, the love that um, he first showed her. Jesus became my friend at a young age, and I remember believing my state as a sinner at a young age and realizing the sin in my life. I remember praying each night and repenting of any lies or fibs or any little kid sin I had done. Um, I remember always throwing little temper tantrums and just feeling really bad and repenting to my Lord. Uh, we went through a picture Bible at a young age, and uh, it basically had all the chapters of the Bible in it, and I went through that with my mom. Uh, at a young age, I struggled with perfectionism and pleasing man and fear of man, so idolatry had entered my heart at a young age. Uh, I remember going to the doctor, actually, in Billings um, in fourth grade because I would have, like, nerves really bad, and, like, I would just be freaking out, and just my stomach would just be turning, and I had no reason why, or I didn't know why, and it turned out I was just anxious because I was so worried about who was going to be first pick in kickball at recess. I loved being first pick. I was a controlling guy. So anxiety and perfectionism and being the best led into my early years of middle school where I struggled with wanting to always be the best at trombone, uh, always be first chair, uh, basketball, and then obviously back to recess. I loved recess. Oh, man. <laughs> it was a sinful desire of wanting to be the best where I was actually demanding it. Um, and I, also, I was also always devastated at the end if I wasn't the best. Middle school carried on, and influence of fellow peers, even at a Christian school, led to some crude language and impure thoughts and desires. My heart, being desperately sick as it is, took a firmer grip of my heart, and I began a long road of sin and an enslavement to sin. My relationship with Christ and my prayer life took a major hit, and my fruits began to change as well. Selfishness, pride, anger, lust, and anxiety and fear became my masters. I remember going through high school with false assurance. My repentance consisted of me sinning and then praying at night for forgiveness, but continuing in the sin with no true repentance of fleeing the other way. I claimed to be a Christian throughout high school as well as my first two years in college, but I wasn't living that claim out. And I remember I went to a testimony of Daenerys McGee, and he shared with me, or he shared with everybody, 1 John 3. And it's just, little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. And that verse just, I don't know, I always thought of the devil as just this dude with a pitchfork. But no, he's, he's more than that. So, But we have God, so that's even better. But... One of the many evil fruits of living enslaved to sin is living in fear. I spent years and years living enslaved to fear. Fear of failure, fear of failing my parents, fear of failing my coaches, my teachers, my band director, fear of failing my, the kids I picked on recess who were on my team, um, 
fear of losing my so-called cool image in high school, that jock image or whatever that thing is. And fear of man was a big one for me. But quick fast forward to one big thing, uh, one big change Christ worked in me through his word was overcoming some of these fears through several verses. One in particular, Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy soul and body in hell. Um, I was living in selfish sin, enslaved to many false masters, one being fear. Looking back now, I have realized how just God really is. I began drinking in high school before my senior year and was getting involved in house parties already. Sorry, I'm kind of moving around. I'm like, can I take this off or no? So it was the night of homecoming and there was a house party. I was going to attend after the game, but I ended up snapping my femur that night in the game and I had to spend the next three months in a 50 pound lay cast and missed my senior year of basketball. Which basketball was my favorite sport. This was, this was a very humbling experience for me even though I was living in sin. I believe this was God saying, Gav, do you really want to go down this three-year road of drinking? Foolishly, I was too ignorant to the consequence and continued down that road. By the grace of God, I graduated high school and college came around. At the time of deciding which college to attend, I was in an impure relationship with a girl who was committed to an even more impure school. One thing about walking in darkness, I'm getting like really lightheaded for some reason. Uh, is you are totally blinded and binded by sin. So instead of making, I'm feeling like really lightheaded. Can I like sit down? Yeah, yeah I'm, about, I'm about to like pass out. I was continuing on a three-year road of drinking uh, in high school. Um, foolishly, I was too ignorant to the consequence of breaking my leg um, and continued down that road. By the grace of God, I graduated high school and college came around. At the time of deciding which college to attend, I was in an impure relationship with a girl who was committed to an even more impure school, which is kind of a reference to what Hannah had to say earlier. Um, one thing about walking in darkness is you are totally blinded and binded by sin. So instead of making the wise, cho the wise choice of going to MSU and getting involved in cross life and meeting the godly men God has graciously placed in my life now, I made a two and a half hour trip northwest to Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> At this, oh, that's bad. At this time, I was living in complete ignorance to the truth and wanted nothing to do with Christ, even though Christ was with me the whole time. Once in Missoula, I got the freedom, the freedom to sin in more ways and more often due to being away from home. But this freedom was a false freedom, not true freedom that we see in Galatians 5.1, in 5.13, it was just more enslavement to my sin that I was chasing. I wasn't truly free like I am now in Christ. In Missoula, I sought out any and every earthly pleasure I could find to fill the void that was in my heart. Like Solomon in, Solomon in Ecclesiastes 2 with self-indulgence, Solomon who sought satisfaction in building great vineyards, pools, gathering great riches and gold and silver, uh, gaining great wisdom, wine, etc., etc. I similarly, with seeking the things of this world, sought out popularity on Instagram, thinking of the perfect caption as to get the most likes possible to puff up my ego. 
driving a nice Denali truck with tinted windows, cranking every worldly song I could imagine, like you can imagine, puffing up my pride, gaining as many friends as I could, all which were who were not true friends who genuinely cared about what was best for me spiritually and physically. Man, I almost passed out. That was <laughs> I'll remember that forever. <laughs> Going to parties every weekend as if it was going to satisfy, even though it left me empty and thirsty for more each time. Depression and serious anxiety began to sink in without me even realizing it. I remember waking up each morning and looking at myself in the mirror and asking myself, who am I? I had totally lost my identity. Christ was totally out of my life. He was still, but he was still there waiting for me. But I had gone so far off the road. I thought I was living the dream, but my cup was still so empty. January 28 of 2016 came along, and after finishing up basketball practice, I was about to leave the gym when I heard our trainer name off six names, including my name. Drug test tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. The long road of sin I had decided to take had eventually led to drug abuse as well as alcohol abuse. The fact that I was going to be drug tested brought out the idolatry in my heart of living for myself and my self-image and good reputation that I thought I had, which I never had. I feared losing my career in basketball as well as my reputation, and for the first time in years, I began to pray again. So, uh-oh. So quick... Oh, where was I? So quick note... Hitting what I thought was rock bottom in Missoula, Montana is what brought me to my knees in repentance. So I repented of my sins and put my trust in the Lord. And I began to attend church in Missoula again. Um, I began to read the word again. And the Lord brought me to Philippians 4.13, which was my favorite verse at the time, which I'm sure a lot of you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because I just, I had a fear of man and basketball and my coach scared the, oh, he scared me so much. He was... He was a thought. Uh, never mind. He, <laughs> he was, yeah, he was a scary man. So, but I just use that verse a lot for confidence and games and stuff. And then uh, Colossians three twenty three as well. Work the best you can. Which Colossians three twenty three? I didn't know this, but was for slaves actually. Work the best you can. Work as if you were doing it for the Lord, not for man. I wanted to be the best I could at basketball, not for my coach which I was very much intimidated by, as I said earlier. Um, God showed me mercy and began to rid me of my serious anxiety that I was battling at the time and fear as well. I didn't realize it at the time yet, but basketball was a huge idol in my life and bringing glory to Gavin DeYoung was an even bigger idol. Summer 2016 came along and I was trying to walk in the light. Um, I attended Grace regularly and didn't get involved in the body or in cross life or in ministry. I thought I could do it on my own. So I was trying to do it alone. Um, not saying you can't do it, but with my personality and what I had gone through in the past seven years of sin, I needed that accountability. I hadn't shared with anyone yet the truth that really happened in Missoula about my past sin, and I was still in contact with uh, friends living in sin at that time. And summer was coming to an end, and I was invited again to a boating day where I spent time with friends still living in sin, thinking I could bring them up to Christ, but they ended up bringing me down. I left for Missoula on a bad note um, and just not surrounded myself with solid guys and companions, and I fell back into 
drug abuse and disobedience again with the Lord. Um, playing time got cut tremendously. Grades were dwindling, and I became swallowed up in guilt and shame while I was in Missoula. I had, I had submitted myself again to a yoke of slavery. For some reason, by the grace of God, I made a phone, phone call while in Missoula and told my dad everything of the past and everything I was struggling with at that time. And I told my dad I need help. And he came up that day and he helped me out. And, then, and I ended up staying an extra couple of weeks and uh, finished out finals and got decent grades. So that's good. Um, so a few weeks passed by after my dad and it was late fall of 2016. And I made the hardest decision I've ever made. And I decided to quit basketball. I returned home as soon as finals were over. And when I got home, the guilt and shame hit me like a, like a wall. I like to consider myself the prodigal son, returning from leaving home and squandering all my blessings that I was given from my Heavenly Father. My first week back home from playing sports and going to school, I was literally thrown into a manure pit, scraping frozen manure off of the walls. Like It was so humbling for me. <laughs> so not quite like the prodigal son who had to deal with pigs, but I had to deal with cows and manure. On Sunday night in January of 2017 at church, I felt a gentle tap on my shoulder to see a good buddy of mine, Matt Tebow. Matt began to mentor me, and I got involved at Cross Life over the next several months. And by the grace of God, I was able to grow in the Lord exponentially over the last couple months. The peace and joy Christ has brought me is something I never deserved. Uh, but I am so thankful for His mercies. Christ helped me find my identity again and has filled me with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Christ amazes me each new day, and I thank him each day for the solid dudes he has placed in my life to encourage me and shepherd me. And I also thank him for the Holy Spirit, which is one of the greatest blessings he has left behind. Looking back now, I have realized the importance of who you hang out with and surround yourself with. A verse that comes to my mind is 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, as well as Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And what you put into your mind, whether it's music, conversations, movies, humor, etc., etc., all has an effect on your life. Proverbs 23, 7 states, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Those have just been some recent verses that have come up and, and have really helped me. And just recently I started hanging out with more solid guys and have realized the importance that really is. Um, so my heart and mind were desperately sick and filled with junk, but God graciously through his son gave me all new desires and motives that bring so much true and fulfilling satisfaction and he's also given me another opportunity to play basketball and continue um, in my degree. So praise the Lord there. Um, even more grace was showered on my anxious thoughts and depressive thinking with these sinful, sinful thoughts. He blessed me through the reading of his word as he showed me what I deserve, which is the full cup of his wrath. Realize, realizing what I deserve has placed in me deeper, deeper appreciation for the little things in life. And by the amazing grace of our Heavenly Father, I have been able to produce heavenly fruits for His glory, and what a blessing that is. 
What a gracious, loving, and merciful God we serve who forgives us our trespasses and loves us unconditionally, even when we are the ones placing the nails in his hands and feet. God doesn't need me, yet he chose me and wants me to spend an eternity with him. What more could I ask for, even after everything I did? Also, thanks again, guys, for letting me share my testimony with you tonight. God is good. And I <laughs> can't believe I almost passed out. But thanks for, thanks for bearing with me, guys. <laughs> Okay, so as you know, my name is Hudson, and I was blessed to also be raised in a Christian home. Both my parents were Christians. I went to church almost every Sunday. Uh, I went to a Christian school. So growing up, I knew a lot about Jesus and the Bible, and I had it firmly in my head, but I didn't have it strongly planted in my heart. Due to financial issues, for fifth grade, I ended up going to a public school. And there, I stood out like a good kid. But even though I stood out like that, I began to fall away from God and act like my friends who definitely weren't Christians. I fell to lust. I became very rude and disrespectful to my parents. I became mean to my sister, and I was just very prideful as well. And with that, I kind of excelled in everything, in basketball, in academics. So I let that go to my head. I was definitely very prideful. That's one of the things that I struggle with still. And, but the next year, oh, and also during that time at fifth grade, my mom was diagnosed with cancer, but because of her faith in Jesus Christ, she had a peace about it. And I saw that as something I didn't have, and I knew I wanted it. And the next year, I was able to return to Heritage Christian, and I had a teacher, um, particularly Mr. Van Z. He really steered my life back toward God and made sure my faith was my own. And it was only by God's grace that this happened. It was nothing that I could do that I could ever deserve. There was nothing. And like it says in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for, grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And even if, because if there was a tiniest, slightest way that we could save ourselves, that would be worthy of boasting of, and all the glory needs to go to God. It can't go to us, it, because God is the only one who deserves it. He's the only one who lived a perfect life, and it's his sacrifice that saves us. And I'm 
not really sure on an exact day or date when I was saved, but I know I am now, and I know if I were to die on the way home tonight, I would go to heaven. Because in 1 John 5, 12 and 13, it says, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know and have eternal that you may know you have eternal life. So I know I have, I will have eternal life. But my question is to you guys, do you know that? Have you accepted Jesus as your savior and his blood as the payment for your sins? And it's only by God's grace that we can be saved. And Thank you for listening to me. Well, hi, my name is Alethea, as Matt said. And just a little bit about me, I'm going to be a senior at MSU um, in music education. I grew up in Bozeman my whole life. I feel like I should just get that out there before I share like all the deepest personal parts about me. <laughs> um, all right, so um, yeah, born and raised in Bozeman. Um, right here, this is my house. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> literally right here. Um, yeah, grew up in one of the strongest Christian families that I know with great parents that um, love the Lord and know a lot about the Lord. Um, so a huge blessing there. And also grew up going to Heritage Christian School and in Grace Bible Church. Um, so just surrounded by Christianity, really. Like, it was never anything new to me. It was just always kind of a part of my life, you know, like praying, go to, going to church, going to Sunday school, reading my Bible. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was all head knowledge. And um, I remember saying just like tons of those like salvation prayers when I was little. I think just going to like baptisms where like all the cool teenagers were like talking about the prayer that they said, like, I don't know, I guess when you're in church, it's like the cool thing to do when you're little. <laughs> so I like really romanticized that idea of like saying a prayer and just having like this great story to tell everyone. Um, so I remember when I was seven, I like knelt down by my bed. I was being grounded. So like, what else do you do? Um, <laughs> and so I said the prayer um, and I remember telling people about it and that's kind of what I pointed to for my salvation. Um, but that's kind of all it was, was a story because everyone had one and my life didn't change. There was no evidence that I was living my life for the Lord. And I was a, I was a good kid. Like I was friends with everyone. I was kind of like the peacemaker and, um, but I was doing it mainly for pride. Like my motivation was just to be that good kid and be friends with everyone. Um, and it wasn't until I was 11 that, um, the Lord really opened my eyes to like saving knowledge of the gospel. And I remember I was just sitting in my house, like looking out at the stars. Um, I don't know what it is about the stars, but it really <laughs> makes you think of those big questions in life. Um, and I just remember like it finally clicked and I, if nothing else proves the sovereignty that God has over salvation, like that does, because it wasn't really anything that I did. It was just all of a sudden the truth of the gospel clicked and truths like John three sixteen and Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 um, 
scripture that I would just be able to like quote to anyone, like for God so loved the world that he sent his only son um, to die in my place for my sins. Um, but I finally actually understood that I was a sinner, like in need of the salvation and in need of Christ's love um, and his sacrifice on the cross. Um, and so I'm not really sure if that's exactly when God saved me, but that's definitely when um, he changed. He really started working in my heart. Um, and I just think of like some evidences of that are um, I actually had a desire to memorize scripture and be in the word on my own. That was something I'd never really had before. And just, yeah, like a desire to live for him that came from him alone and not from my parents or my church or my school. Um, so yeah, I got, um, I started following after the Lord at 11, which I'm really thankful that, um, I received salvation at such a young age. I think sometimes it's easy to think like, oh, I need this like story of like my teenage years. I like had this big falling out and then I came back, which God can work through that. And that's amazing. But, um, just thinking about like, I need to be thankful that, um, the Lord saved me at a young age, um, mainly for two reasons. First of all, um, it just provided a lot of spiritual growth and training during those like formative teenage years. Um, as a result, like I loved like high school Bible class and, um, being a part of amazing youth groups. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed just going to church and different like summer camps and stuff, and also just one-on-one -on -one mentorship with various individuals. So that was a huge blessing. Um, and then also just, I'm so thankful that, um, receiving salvation at a young age kind of saved me from some of that more like deeper scarring sin, um, that I, I don't have to deal with, which is a huge blessing. Um, so about a year or two after, um, the Lord really started changing my heart, I began to struggle with depression and anxiety, um, the struggle continued on and off for several years, but God used this time to really grow me. Um, first of all, like I finally um, saw my need for God's strength and learned to be dependent on Him. Um, yeah, this was kind of like the first situation where I was like kind of out of control. Like I honestly couldn't fix this on my own, and so I really I did have to rely on the Lord. Um, so I learned how to trust in God's character. I spent a lot of time in the Psalms, just really digging into it for myself and um, applying those truths to um, my own heart and counseling my heart through the Psalms. Um, and also, yeah, just trusting God's um, plan for my life, even though anxiety caused me to be just so worried about um, what each day might bring the Lord. Um, yeah, just showed me his sovereignty through that. Um, and also... I learned to receive help from other believers through this. Um, frankly, I was really embarrassed <laughs> that I was struggling, especially with anxiety, because like, I just wanted to be a strong person, someone that didn't have those like inner feelings. Um, but the Lord, yeah, just really humbled me and showed me that like I couldn't do it on my own, and I needed to um, ask people for prayer and advice about it. And so... I was really blessed to have several individuals who really helped me walk through that struggle. Um, and I certainly have not arrived in any of these areas, but I'm so thankful that the Lord started that process of sanctification so young in my life and, um, yeah, just drawing me closer to Him every day. And obviously I don't have time to talk about all the people and um, situations that God has used to grow me in the past 10 years, 
But I did just want to share like a couple of ways that God is currently growing me and working in my life. And so the first way is just through love, um, mainly being motivated by love, like first and foremost for God and second um, for others. Um, so I've been walking with the Lord for quite some time now, and it's pretty easy for things to just become a routine. And yeah, just kind of living out the Christian life because it's habit now, or it's just what everyone around me does. Um, or yeah, it's just, it's kind of a part of who I am, but just really digging in this last year of why, like, what's my motivation behind my actions? Cause that's really the only thing that matters in God's eyes. <laughs> and, um, he showed me just a lot of pride in my life, just being motivated by just looking good in front of others and looking good in cross life in the Christian circle. Um, so right now I'm meeting up with Nicole Klein-Slasser, and we've been working through um, 1 Corinthians 13, just that chapter that talks about how without love um, our actions are meaningless, and then just going through how love can be mani manifested in our life and what love looks like practically, like love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, and just even like those three things, like I don't think we've gotten any further <laughs> because those are just, yeah, really um, challenging to work through, honestly. Um, and just realizing how much humility love takes, um, just true humility of the heart. And even lately, just being challenged with thinking well about people and thinking humbly, not just acting humbly, but really, truly making it like my heart attitude. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing that the Lord's really been showing me is just the importance of studying God's character. Um, once again, like meeting up with Nicole Kleinsasser, I remember a few months ago, I just came to her one day and I was like, Nicole, like I'm so like frustrated with myself right now because I was just talking to her about all these different sins in my life that I was trying to just work through. And I'm like, I don't even know like which one to focus on because there's just so many. Um, and she just kind of pointed out that um, I needed to get like past the sinful actions and into the heart attitude behind them, kind of like Julie Gossick's cardiology um, course that she teaches, um, just getting to wrong beliefs about God that were causing sin. And in a sense, it was really encouraging to hear that because instead of trying to like cut off all these like negative fruits of sin, I could just trace it back to one root and focus on one thing. Um, and so just learning to trace back my sin to the root and discovering that even though I might say, like, yes, I believe God is sovereign, or yes, I believe he's good, like, like practically, I wasn't actually believing that, because my actions didn't show that I did, um, and so those are two things that I've really been learning about God, is his sovereignty and his goodness, just knowing that he is in complete control, and that all his ways are good, and with those two things, like, <laughs> why wouldn't I ever want to trust God, so he's been showing me that I need to increase my belief in his character and just increase looking at his character daily. Um, so just to summarize, I'm really thankful for God's faithfulness in my life throughout the years and um, also just for all the godly people who have helped me just discover what it truly means to glorify God with my life. Um, so I just want to read Acts 20, 24, because I really do want this to be the prayer for my life. Um, this is Paul speaking. 
But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Thanks, guys. <laughs>